Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. You guys ready for this? All right. <clears throat> um, next week, we're going to uh, start our prayer and our fasting and end on Friday night with, um, with a worship night. And so I just wanted to share this week and next week uh, regarding uh, prayer, fasting, and, and why we do that, and hopefully encourage you to be a part of it. Uh, not hopefully. Uh, you need to be a part of it. Um, and I know there may be people that be like, I, I don't know, you know, if I can do that. If I could just go and, and not eat food for the entire week, maybe because your job is, a, you know, something that you're going to have to eat to make it through the day, um, or, you know, what have you. But you can be a part of the prayer and fasting, um, and it's something that we as God's people are called to do to set ourselves apart to Him. And, um, you know, on our website, uh, on our app, you can sign up to re- just receive uh, some communication in the mornings of what we feel like God's leading us in uh, and what to be praying for and to hopefully encourage you in that day. Um, and also on there is just like a, a, a page that says fasting basics, just to kind of explain, you know, you can do maybe a partial fast, a Daniel fast, um, a full fast, any of those things, it kind of helps you understand uh, some of the ways that you can fast. But I want everybody to be a part of it. Um, and, and you can. So I just don't want you to say I can't. Okay? Is that good? Don't tell me you can't. Because you can. I promise you can. So sign up on the website or the app to, to be a part so we can communicate with you throughout the week. Uh, next week. All right? In Acts 13, we have this moment uh, where in the early church, they, they were coming to this place of, of prayer and fasting. And uh, why do they, why do we do this? It's because they needed direction. They needed the voice of God to speak to them. They were in a place where uh, they, they needed something more um, in the way of, of, of answers of, of how we should do things, the, the direction of where their church should go and what they should be doing in ministry. And God had told them, hey, go, hey, disciple, you know, Jesus said, go, disciple people. But there's a lot more that needs to be figured out besides that, right? We are to go. But sometimes we have questions. We have, like, I, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I, I, don't, I don't know how, where, when, all these things. And this is kind of what they were thinking about and praying about. So in Acts 13, verse 1, it says, now in the church... It was in Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Syrian, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, 
and Saul. It's interesting that this Mannion, it says he had been brought up with Herod. It means he was raised up, like he was friends. They were boys. They were homies. And it's very interesting how their paths went different ways, where we know that even in the, in the chapter before this, it's saying how Herod was doing all kinds of mean stuff to the church. And now you have here where it talks about this guy Mannion, and he's here. He grew up with him, but he's part of that church that Herod was persecuting. It's just so interesting to me to see that. There's, there's, you know, it's not because of the way that somebody grew up that they turned out the way they did. We have choices. We have things that, that we can make a choice to do things differently. In verse 2, it says, As they ministered or worshipped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. It's interesting here, it says that before Barnabas and and Saul or Paul could go out on, on this mission and this ministry that they had been called to do by the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit said, separate them. If you will separate them, I will use them. You can't really say yes to God's call until you say no to some other things that are holding you back from it. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> to say yes most of the time means to say no to other things. Many times it means saying no to what I want or the way that I want it and saying yes to God. Sometimes it's saying no to addictions or, or no to things that, that have been holding us in bondage in order to say yes to what God has for us. But many times, there has to be a no so we can say yes. So we have Saul or Paul and Barnabas and some of the other leaders here in this church in Antioch. And when it said that they were ministering to the Lord, it's it's this act of worship. So they were worshiping God, and they were fasting, and they were praying. There's a couple of things in there that are crucial parts of who we are as God's people. If we want to come in close to Him, if we want to have the relationship that we're supposed to have, if we want to move forward in what he's calling us to do. Those are things that we 
should seek after. Worship, prayer, and fasting. Ministering to God. Laying our lives down before Him and saying, God, we worship You. We love You. And it's really hard to do that sometimes whenever we're worshiping other things. It's kind of what fasting is meant to do is to help us help our bodies to realize that sometimes we worship food, we worship things, we worship entertainment. Like Matt was sharing during the communion, we worship, you know, I, I, I got to watch my TV show. I, I, I have to, uh, you know, do this thing because this is, this is what makes me happy. And, you know, not that any one of those things are bad in and of, of themselves, but when we trust too much in them when those things make us happy instead of God, there's a problem. So they're here in this meeting and basically by what the Holy Spirit says, they're, they're in this moment of saying, where do we go from here? What do we do? And as I shared that Herod had been persecuting them. Actually, he had, there later in the chapter, right before this, that he was killed. But then there's a place of not knowing where to go. Where do we go from here as a church? And in this, in, for me, and for all of us, this moment of fasting is a moment of where do we go from here as a church? But also for each and every one of us personally, it's a where do I go from here with my family? Where, where do I go from here, you know, with my financial situation? Where do I go from here with this sickness? Where, where do I go from here with this addiction? Those are the questions that we won't be able to find the specific answer. Of course, the answer is to seek after God. To come before Him. To fall down at His feet and, and worship Him. That, that is the answer, but but there's sometimes we need the, the, some specifics on how we're going to do that. And that's why we need to fast. That's why we need to separate ourselves from things so that we can come closer to Him. See, they were hungry enough for the leading of God and for God to speak to them that they wanted to say it with the hunger of their bodies. So they said, I I'm hungry for you, God. So I don't want to fulfill my, my stomach's hunger pains until I I've got my full of of what you have for me and this pain that I have because I need you and what you want for me. So I'm going to forgo food. I'm, I'm not going to eat. And I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray and ask you where I should go and what I should do. 
And I'm going to allow my body to go through this moment of hunger so that it can bring me closer to you. See, when we fast and, and when we allow ourselves to go through these places of fasting and hunger and, you know, and maybe you don't fast food, uh, but if it's, you know, turning off social media or TV or, you know, desserts, that can be a real issue, whatever it is. <laughs> but any of these things, when we say, I'm not going to allow my flesh to control me. I'm going to feed my spirit, my soul. And I'm going to put my flesh into subjection to my spirit. Are we willing to go through those moments of, of hunger or maybe anxiety of, of not doing that thing that, that we do every single night, flip through the social media, turn on the TV, do whatever it is that maybe that addiction that we have. Are we willing to go through the moment of, of pain and, and, and uncomfortableness to find a place before the feet of Jesus? A couple of things that we see in these scriptures here as we read. these first few verses is we see that this moment here is in the church of Antioch and in the book of Acts, and it's after Jesus had come. So you know, a lot of times people come to this place of saying, well, those are Old Testament things. We don't necessarily need to do that anymore. There's many different, you know, that's the answer for many different arguments that sometimes people say. And, and we see here, this is not just something that it did happen in the Old Testament, but it's also happening with the church here in Antioch and after Jesus had come. So we can't say that this is just an Old Testament thing. It's a thing that we need to do even in this day and hour so we can come before him. Secondly, we see also here that they came as a group, as a church, together to fast. They gathered together. They were worshiping God, ministering to God. They were praying and fasting as one and together. Which is interesting because in Matthew... Matthew 6, 16, Jesus has this moment where he says, don't do your fasting where people can see. Because that's what these other people are doing and making it, you know, let's just read the scripture. Matthew 6, 16, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. I don't want to be a hypocrite. 
Don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. I say to you, they have the reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So when we read this scripture, we have to see the, the, the thing that Jesus is getting at. And the thing that Jesus is getting at is not to, to you can't fast with a group of people. Or you, you can't let anybody know that, that you're fasting. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that the religious people that are fasting, he's like, and you see it here, it's, it's so funny. I, I don't know. Well, I have seen some different things that people still do now in other countries whenever they fast and they sit and they meditate and they take and they put you know, ashes on their face and on their head, and they're all dirty, and it's like, look at me. I'm, I'm doing this thing. And that's what he's speaking to. He says, don't do it like the hypocrites and have a sad countenance. Look, this is not about having a sad countenance or not being, you know, okay in this moment. And you know, usually, for me, the second day is usually the, the hardest. And that day, is not, it's, it's not easy to be happy on that day. But I'm telling you, when, when you're taking this time to, to focus on God and, and to spend time with Him, He is joy. My body may be reeling, but my spirit is alive inside, you know, in those moments. It's, it's alive and well and strong. And Jesus says, don't, don't be sad. I mean, I imagine, you know, like these guys, no matter what they were feeling, they were going to like, oh, you know? It's like my kids do sometimes. They're all like, what? But you know, they're like, I imagine these, these other religious people, they're going around and they're like, oh, I'm fasting. You know, and they got dirt on their face. Ah, uh, poor me. What am I going to do? You know, like. And their attitude was of people tr seeing them. Look at me. And that's not what fasting is about. Fasting is looking at God. And seeing Him. Fasting is setting other things aside so that those things aren't in front of us and clouding our view of God that's right before us. And he says, I say to you that they have the reward. Their reward is that people look at them. They get what they wanted, but they're not getting anything else. But he says, what, what you do, he says, wash your face. Hey, don't get up in the morning and be like, oh, God, I'm fasting, and I'm just going to be a mess, you know? Like, I'm not going to put my makeup on, if you're a woman. You know, I'm not going to take a shower for all of us. 
I'm going to go brush my teeth. I'm just, my breath is just going to smell bad. If people know I'm fasting, you know. I, it says, wash your face. Anoint your head. Look the best you can. Like, get up. Oh, man. What if we, what if we get up each morning and we say, I'm going to look better than I did last week. I'm, I'm going to put my good clothes on. You know, I'm not wearing my PJs to work. I'm going to put on my nice clothes. I'm going to look good. I'm going to clean up. And I'm fasting. I'm coming before God. I'm taking everything else aside. And I'm, and I'm seeking time with Him. So I'm going to look. How would you want to look whenever you're coming before God? That's the funny thing. You know, these other people is like, you know, they, maybe they think God wants to see them rolling around in the dirt. You know, looking like a hot mess. But no. No, how, how would I want to come before? How would you want to come before God? I, I, I want us to come before Him looking top-notch, the best that we possibly can. And that's what Jesus is saying. And then when you go out, people are going to be like, oh, what's wrong with that person? They're going to be like, "Woo! look at them. Look how great, look, man, you look better than last week. I know. <laughs> he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let the reward come from God. He will reward us. And they may not know that it's because we fasted or whatever, but, but when he speaks and whenever he gives us these answers to our questions, you know, I was thinking about, Keith shared about Jim and Quinn, and a couple of years ago, Jim and Quinn, during the fast, they fasted, and Jim met with me right afterwards, and he's like, God's speaking to me, we're going to do a food truck and all that stuff. I'm like, man, wow, that's amazing, let's just... You know, you want me to pray about it with you? He's like, no, I already quit my job. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but the point of that is that God has used them so much, and they have allowed God to use them. And he's spoke, and he's provided so many amazing things every step of the way because they listen. And not only that, even through the years now, it's been a handful of years, not like 10 or 20, but through the years, like he said, they said, we, we have a way to cook food. We want to cook food for the people when we go down to build a house. And they've fed thousands with our team, and, and they've been kind of like the catalyst for feeding these thousands of people at the end of the trip. It's amazing when we listen to the voice of God. They need it here in the church. The Holy Spirit's guidance. And here again in Acts 13, 2, 
through 3, it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me and Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. In way of saying this, whenever the scripture is being written, he's, he's giving us this understanding that there was a need for the leading and the voice of God and for the Holy Spirit to lead them. And no matter what situation we're in, you know, some of us may think we need that more than others, but no matter what situation or how great we're doing or how bad we're doing, we all need the Spirit of God to lead us and to speak to us. So we can't use that as an out. Like, I'm doing pretty good right now. And we see that this changed the course of history. After this moment, we see that Paul and Barnabas are sent out. Before this, really, you don't even see that. And I don't think that they went really out to minister, to, to do that missions work, to, to go out, to spread the gospel. And in this moment, when fasting and praying, they came together to minister to God. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. And then they went out. Then the world changed. See, then we see them going out to all the nations, everywhere that they could get to, being sent out as missionaries over and over, and going all over the place. And, and like, I don't think it's half of the books of the New Testament, but like 15, 13, 15 of the books of the New Testament are written after this moment and because of what happened when the Holy Spirit spoke to them and sent them out to do the work that He is asking them to do. History changed. I want history to change. Right? I want the history being made the next couple of years. And specifically, we're here thinking about this year, but I want the history being made this year to be changed because the church is going to fast and come before God and hear His voice. That maybe some things that were going to happen are not going to happen because God's going to do something different because He's going to change it. There's not going to be a bad thing happen, but there's going to be a God thing happen. I just... I'm sick of all the stuff trying to tell us to worry about this and that. I'm, I don't want to worry about a thing. I, I don't want to be in fear about what's going to happen. That doesn't mean we aren't a part of the change that needs to happen. It doesn't mean that we don't know what's happening. What it means is that I say, I see that and I come against it in the name of the Lord. I, I call that something different than it is. There isn't going to be calamity and all this torment and all this stuff this year. There's going to be God moving. There's going to be Him doing something through His people that are coming before Him and fasting and praying. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing that mess. 
I don't care. Even if something does happen, doesn't matter. Because God is good and he is going to be with us. And his, he's got a plan. His plan doesn't fail. I'm going to trust him. And not what somebody else is saying. I want to see, I want to see what's written of this year be changed because we came before God and fasted and prayed. Oh, man, 2 Chronicles 20. We see this here ah, in the Old Testament. This moment. 2 Chronicles 20, 3 and 4. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together and asked help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. See, these different peoples, this horde of people had come against them. It looked scary. They didn't know what was going to happen. It looked like something that was too big to, to win, you know? Like, how, how are we going to get past this moment where all these people are coming against us? What are we going to do? You know what you do? You fast. And you pray. You, you take time to spend with God putting aside all those other things that we may want to do and saying, God, right now what we need is you. So there was a great fast all across the nation. And in verse 14 and 15, 2 Chronicles 20, 14, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, Got to say those slow because it's not that easy to get there. A Levite of the son of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And he said in verse 15, Listen, all you of Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Because of this great multitude. This is it. This is... Don't be afraid because of this thing that, that might look like it's out there. Don't be afraid be, because of what this year might bring. Don't be afraid because of what this person told you is going to happen. Don't be afraid because of what the doctors told you is going to happen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. But it's God's. The battle is... Wow. The battle is not yours, it's God's, he said. God wants to fight that battle for you. He wants to use His strength 
his might and, and who he is to defeat that, that thing that is holding you back, that thing that might look like it's coming against you, that thing that has held you in bondage, whatever the thing is that is holding us back from. He wants to use his strength to defeat that enemy in your life. And the next day they went out. Like imagine they're going, they're like, God, looks, is, this looks like the end. This is it. We don't, we don't know what else to do. We can't fight this battle. But what we know we can do is seek your face. What we know we can do is fast and worship you. We know we can fast. We know we can pray. We know that you can do this. So we're going to just seek after you. Can you imagine just waking Waking up the next day, you go to sleep, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. Or this situation that I'm involved in. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this or get through this. But waking up in the morning, and they woke up in the morning, and all of a sudden they found... That all these people, these different peoples that had come against them, started fighting with each other. Now imagine. See, God told them, the fight's not yours, it's mine. The fight is God's. And he didn't even need them to be awake to do it, you know? It's like, you don't even need to watch me, you don't need to tell me what to do. Probably if you're awake, you would tell me what to do. They go to sleep, they wake up, everybody's dead. It's all gone, it's all done. It's all happened. And there's so much of the spoils of the war that they didn't have to fight, that it takes them days and days to collect all this stuff. This thing, this, this battle that seems too great to be won. When they fasted and prayed, they didn't even have to lift a finger, and God was blessing them in the meantime. It's another moment that the course of history was changed by fasting and prayer. Whether it's direction or protection, We need to set ourselves up for what God has for us and what He needs to do. And it takes setting aside ourself. So will we do that? Will we set aside other things so that we can hold on to God and what He has for us so we can open our ears? Listen, Sometimes it takes a little bit to unclog our ears to hear the voice of God. It's like there's so much mess that gets put in there. It's like you got spiritual earwax. It's, it's just, you know, you got to go. 
to God, and he's got to shoot that, you know, that weird thing that they squirt in your ear when you got that clogged, ear, you know, ear canal. He's shooting the water, <laughs> just making joke. But, but seriously, sometimes all the stuff that we've been hearing, the stuff we've been allowing in us, in allowing the to, to could come into our mind that it's just there. We have to take some time away from that and spending time with God to allow that stuff to be washed away. Like he's just pouring. It's not, it's not that little squirt bottle with saline water. It's, it's, it's God pouring his, his oil into us, you know, is pouring the oil of his spirit into us, washing out all the mess that was in there. Are we going to allow him to do that? in this time of prayer and fasting. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.